Peace. What up, though? It's your boy Jacoby Ryan. Thank y'all for tuning in to this week's episode of the More I Know The More I Don't podcast. Of course, for the first time listeners, thank y'all. I appreciate y'all taking time out of y'all's schedule, giving us the opportunity. My intention is to provide you value with the time that you are given. Um, for the returning listeners, of course, it's all I love. I appreciate y'all always, all day. Uh, thank y'all for staying tuned in every week, staying engaged. That's love. Uh, if you haven't already, please subscribe and connect with the well-connected mailing list at JacobyRyan.com where I'll update periodically on what I'm doing. Also, give out exclusives, offers, and things that are only available to the mailing list. Um, JacobyRyan.com is the website, of course. Um, and, of course, this podcast, The More I Know, The More I Don't. So the purpose of this podcast is to document the 52 and 365 campaign in which I'm putting out a new song and new music video every week in 2019. Uh, so I appreciate y'all tuning in this week. And uh, let's see what we got going today. So, like, I just want to talk about uh, feedback one time. Um, feedback is something that, as an artist, like, I struggle with personally. Because um, in the past, uh, I, when I first started making music and, and doing things outside of my comfort zone, I would ask feedback. Um, but it was out of insecurity, you know what I'm saying? Of course... I don't think feedback is a bad thing. You know what I'm saying I don't think it's a good or a bad thing. I mean, it's depending on how you use it, and what your intention is from it, and what you do with it. But my personal relationship has been up and down, um, where it started off a little rocky, uh, but now I'm in a good place with it. And, um, so, like when I first started, damn, I need some new rotors in my car. I know y'all hear that shit, but uh, feedback. Like when I first started making music and really being in the creative space. I would, I would, like, I would record songs in the studio, and I would ask, "Hey, what do you think about that? How do you feel about that? You think that's good?" I would write things, and like every time I write something new, I have to spit it to somebody. I'd be like, "Yo, here to listen to, this, listen to this new shit, listen to this new shit," or I would uh, <clears throat> have a new song. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to show it to everybody I could. Every time I got in the car with somebody, hey, let me use your Oscar real quick. Let me show you the song. You know what I'm saying? You know, niggas, <laughs> niggas hate hearing that shit. Uh, so like. I think that at that point, it was a bad thing for me because it was out of insecurity, you know what I'm saying? It was out of me not knowing myself. It was out of me not knowing if I want to do this or not. It was out of me not knowing, am I good enough or not? It was out of me not knowing, like, am I committed to this, you know what I'm saying? Am I committed to this? Am I, like, it was me, like, I was in a place to, I wasn't in a place yet where I was, like, regardless if this is good or bad now, I'm sticking with this shit until this shit is fucking great. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't at that spot. I was at the spot where it was like, uh, this seems cool. I think people would like me if they think I'm dope. You know what I'm saying? So let me try to be dope. You know, and it was really just the ego spot. It was it wasn't it wasn't something where it was like I'm getting something out of myself for my soul from it. It was more so I'm getting something for my ego from it. You know what I'm saying? It was like I'm getting girls liking me, I'm getting people singing my songs, I'm getting people tagging me on Instagram, I'm getting people um uh, just sorry, I'm being able to go in a club and, and act like a rapper. Like these are these things, aspirations that I had that came from the ego, out of my insecurity, that um, that uh, I guess enabled me or, or really um, encouraged me to ask for this feedback that was really hollow, you know. Um, so fast forward to now, I feel like I put in so much work and so much time, and I've like in the experience. Like you, you, you can only gain certain things from the experience, you know what I'm saying? I think that comfortability and that, 
commitment and the stick to itiveness and the uh, just the dedication that I've developed in my craft now, it was only possible through the experience. You know what I'm saying? It was only possible through me doing the work. I couldn't have got that from Jay Z having dinner with me. <laughs> I couldn't have got that from reading every book on determination and dedication ever written. I couldn't have got that from my pops telling me that. I couldn't have got that from somebody doing it for me. You know what I'm saying? Like that, it don't work like that, you know? And, and I think in, in that process of me going through these lows and, and over this time period uh, and, and sticking to it and, and seeing that as more important than anything else, that has allowed me to be at a place now where like, I don't need feedback. Feedback is a secondary factor for me now. Feedback is a secondary determinant for me now. I don't base my decisions off of anybody but me. And feedback plays a role in my decision making, but feedback is a secondary part of my decision making process. Um, it's not something that makes a decision for me. It's something that I, I consider in making my own decision. Um, as opposed to before, when I first was asking for it, when I was more out of insecurity, more out of ego, I was asking for feedback to make my decision. Like, I was in, in the studio, I'm like, hey, I'm trying to record this song. How you, what you think about this? How you think it sounds? They said they didn't like it. I'm doing it over again because somebody else didn't, because somebody else said they didn't like it. And now, I'm, I'm 29 years old and I'm hearing these songs that I did when I was younger and doing that and asking those feedback. And I'm hearing songs that I recorded that somebody else said they sounded good enough. And it don't sound good enough to me now, you know what I'm saying? There were cats who I asked if it sounded good enough t 10, 20 years ago when I'm recording, they was like, nah, re-recorded, do it again. And I did it again, ended up rolling with that because they said it sounded good. And now 20 years later, I don't like the shit, you know what I'm saying? And now I'm forced to deal with the fact that like 20 years ago, I didn't have the nuts to be myself and to just let my nuts drop and just deal with the reality and the present of, of what I am right now and just build myself, you know what I'm saying? Because I think another thing that the experience teaches us is like ourselves, like how to know ourselves and how to be comfortable with ourselves and how to how to be okay with, with fucking up, like how to be okay with like making a decision that's not the right decision, you know what I'm saying? I feel like so many of us are so scared to make decisions because we're scared to make the wrong decision. And in my experience, I've accumulated uh a thick skin to where, like, first off, off top, if a decision gonna be made that affects my life, I'm gonna make it. Nobody else, you know what I'm saying? And I'm 100% okay with making the wrong decision, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm cool with that. Of course, I don't try to make the wrong decision, but I'm cool with it because I, I've, I've seen what it, what, it, what it does. I've seen the value it has. I've seen how much it strengthens me. I've seen how much it allows me to be confident, you know what I'm saying? I feel like where we, I feel like in this experience and what I'm talking about is exactly where you find a very, very thin line between being confident and being arrogant or conceited. Because I feel like when you look at the reality of your decisions that you make, and I feel like if the decisions you make were great, uh, cool, you make, you make great decisions, you know what I'm saying? But as a human being, we're not gonna make all great decisions, you know what I'm saying? Some of our decisions are gonna be terrible, or trash, ass, and, and destructive. And I feel like confidence comes from acknowledging that your decision was trash. And it comes from saying, okay, where did I go wrong? And what can I do better next time? And then doing it better next time, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like that's a real, natural, solid confidence, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't shake that, you know what I'm saying? You can't, can't nobody shake that shit. Like, 
I've, I've seen this in myself. You know what I'm saying I've seen this through. So you can't shake that. Whereas most people, I feel like, don't want to face the fact that they made a trash-ass decision or that they made a wrong decision or that they fucked up. You know what I'm saying? And it's, it's hard. It's hard. It can be hard to bear. You know what I'm saying? I get it. Um, and because they don't want to face that reality, they just think, okay, something is somebody. It was somebody else's fault. It was somebody else's problem. I made a great decision. And I'm, I'm still making great decisions, and I'm gonna make the great decisions for the rest of my life because that's what I do. And if it doesn't go right, if my decision isn't right, it's somebody else's fault or somebody else's something wrong. You know what I'm saying? And I can't, I can't rock like that. I can't. I'm not built like that. And I think the more, the older I get, the more I see the, the difference in that. You know what I'm saying? And the, the evidence of that that a lot of people are built that way, where they don't want to face that, and they're it's all, it's all hollow. It's hollow arrogance. You know what I'm saying? Ego. Um, but I, I'm, I'm grateful to have gone through this process where I've done a lot of stupid shit and put out a lot of stuff that's not very uh, impressive, you know what I'm saying? Because uh, I found myself, and I and I've, and I've found where I need to be better at, and I found uh, the strength and the courageousness to say, this is the decision that I want to make for myself, regardless of the expertise that you think that I should be making this with that you have, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I'll take your expertise and, and, and consider it and, and, and think about how uh, I can best use this, you know what I'm saying? But your shit don't mean nothing to me, man. Like it's, I mean, it's not like... <laughs> I shouldn't say that. It's, it's, it means a lot to me. Like, I care about feedback. Let me make sure I say that. I do care about feedback, and I care about people telling me how they feel and what they say. Um, but I care about it more so feedback for me is at the end of the process um and it's not a part of and this is also a dynamic i'm struggling with too because i just read some um, articles where it talked about um the best companies include feedback in the design phase or in the building phase and the conclusion phase you know what i'm saying whereas i'd I, I was going to say that I, I only like it at the conclusion phase where that may not be the best idea. I, I need to include it at the beginning phase. But in the beginning phase, feedback's purpose has to be. I feel like feedback has to be given to an entity that already knows its identity and already knows its gifts, gifts already knows its strength and has the grit um, to make its own decisions based on its own accord, you know what I'm saying, based on its own experience. And then the feedback allows them to use that feedback as a tool as opposed to its sole dependent uh force to, to make things happen, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but that's just me though. So making them mad. Uh making them mad is probably the most recent song uh of this year. Uh and of course, produced by my dog, Dr. View, the one and only. Um, that's my fam. Um, and this song was like, it was actually written. So he sent me this beat back in like, I want to say like February or January. And he was like, yo, this is what's up. I want to, I'm shooting you this beat. And I want you to write a song to it and be ready to perform it by the time I graduate in May. So I'm like, word, it's on, you know what I'm saying? So he sent me the beat, and it was pretty easy to write to, you know what I'm saying? The beat, I mean, the hook kind of came to mind off top just for the way the song sounded or the beat sounded. 
And um, I thought that would be dope for his graduation, especially because when we was, uh, so like, as some of y'all know, as the first time listeners probably don't know, but y'all will know now, I'm a part of the space program. And the space program is something that Dr. View started in Leeds. And um, it's basically, it was his dissertation for his doctoral degree. Um, and in doing that, uh, so his dissertation is a hip-hop album and a, dissert- and a traditional dissertation, you know what I'm saying? So he got this traditional shit that sits on top of the shelves that nobody ever fucking reads. And then he also has the accessible version in the form of a hip-hop album, um, where it's kind of a gateway to the other version, too. Um, and basically, in him doing this, like, he had to go through a lot of hurdles and a lot of different things that are, like, the political shit. And one thing he had to go through with was... One of his advisors, when he proposed the idea of doing this hip-hop album as a dissertation and what the topic was, which was uh, the black male experience in predominantly white institutions and how hip-hop is used to cope with those uh, spaces where we're not welcomed or don't feel like we're, that are built for us, that we actually built. And his actual advisor, who's actually also a black man, who went through a lot of the same obstacles other black men go through who are in schools and academia, especially in a higher academia with him being uh, an advisor, uh, especially an advisor to, doc- to, to a doctoral student. Um, but he basically what he said was like in plain words and like a written letter was like, uh, matter of fact, I don't even know if Stevie wanted me putting all that out there. So you just know like it was some fuck shit. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so... That was where Making a Mad kind of came from, where it was like, nigga, we still did it anyways. And, and, and I mean, Stevie did it, I mean, View did it anyways, and uh, he, he killed that shit, you know what I'm saying? He, he did that shit fucking fantastically and magnificently, you know what I'm saying? And it's, it's funny, because, like, like, we went to New York City, and the dude who, who like, did that fuck shit was there. He saw us walk in, and he, he knew what we was there for, what we were performing for, and I know he was salty, and I think he was also there when View... Uh, View won, he actually won the International Dissertation of the Year Award for this dissertation. Um, so, like, that's that's making him mad, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's exactly where the song comes from. Um, and then the video, of course, uh, shooting that video was dope. I uh, got to stuff people come through, put up to the crib. Uh, so, yeah, man, um, that's making him mad. Uh, probably one of the most recent songs this year. Uh, of course, probably written and recorded uh, this earlier this year, probably with around like April, um, early May. But uh, produced by Stevie Johnson, um, Doctor View. Um, yeah, so appreciate y'all. Um, what we got next week? I think next week we got uh, 24 hours. Yeah, so 24 hours is a big one. I'm, I'm excited for that one. Uh, so. Uh, Until next time, uh, I'll see y'all next week. Thank y'all for listening and tuning in. Once again, this is the More I Know, The More I Don't podcast. Be great. Be grateful. Peace.